0: Who cares about your team winning the Super Bowl when your team could win the offseason? My name is Danny Heifetz, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. We cover trades, free agency, the draft, obviously. We cover quarterbacks, and there are a lot of good quarterbacks this year. And the teams at the top of the draft, Washington, New England, Chicago, big teams with big histories.
1: Listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's The Bear, starring Jeremy Allen White, Ayo Adebri, and Eben moss Backrack. Season two follows as the crew work to transform their grimy sandwich joint into a next-level spot. It turns out the only thing harder than running a restaurant is opening a new one. Television Academy members can watch all episodes at fxnetworks.com slash fyc. All right, Uh, thanks everyone for coming out. This is a great space. My name's Matt Bellany, this is Lucas Shaw. Uh, I'm the host of The Town, which is uh, produced by The Ringer and Puck, and we are very happy to be here. Thanks to our hosts, uh, Endeavor and TKO, and thanks to their team for making this all very easy for us. Uh, Maura, Marie, Tiffany, many more. There are many more. Do you have any
2: any sponsors to thank? Have you hit No,
1: no, we're good. I think we're okay right now. Um, So Lucas and I are going to talk for 10, 15 minutes just on some newsy topics in the sports media world. Uh, And then we're going to bring out a special guest who is waiting in the back. I don't know how closely held that secret was, but uh, we'll have him come out for the last 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so. So I wanted to start first by talking about the thing that I feel like everybody in the sports media business is talking about this week, and we've talked about it on the show before, but we have not talked about it with you. Is everyone freaking out about this Disney-Fox-Warner sports streamer joint venture for no reason, for good reason, for halfway in the middle reason? Like, give me your assessment of whether this is a big deal or a nothing burger.
2: Well, I think people are freaking out because anytime you see three of the biggest media companies in the world teaming up to do something, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And especially with sports, which has been kind of the one part of the entertainment business that has largely been kept within the cable bundle. Yeah. Um, It seems seismic. I don't think it's as seismic as a lot of the press coverage and the kind of the the heavy breathing over the last... Do
1: consumers want this?
2: I think it's uh, companies trying to solve a business problem more than giving something consumers meeting a need. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's... Sports
2: in streaming or sports media needs a solution because the rsn the regional sports network model is broken and you have all of these sports now or the leagues charging so much money that the rights are fractured across six different services it is not a consumer-friendly proposition but i don't think what amounts to a skinny bundle which has like some of the sports for some of the cost of cable is the panacea
1: yeah and you know when you look across when you actually think about what this product will be what it will likely be Priced if it's around 40, you know, somewhere between 35 and 50 dollars a month. And then you look at what's out there in the market where you have products like YouTube TV and some of the other like skinnier digital bundles. YouTube that, TV, not very skinny anymore, but true. The and it's about what 70 something? It's like 80 bucks a month now, yeah. So then it becomes okay, how many people are going to trade down for the just sports bundle from one of those bundles I don't think it's a trade down. you think I, it's just the people that have never been interested and might be interested in this i it's a it's it's a product aimed
2: at folks who are probably younger, don't pay for cable, do care about sports and that's where i I, I do think it can succeed with a subset of the audience. It's just not a huge audience. You know, you think about the fact that there's still like 70, 80 million pay TV households in the U S sports fans probably over index in that group, because if you want to watch sports, you need to pay for cable. So you've got, I don't know the, the raw household figure in the U S but let's say 30 to 50 million households in the U S that don't pay for TV. And maybe half those are big sports fans. So we're talking about a, a service that's for like 20 million people. Right. And that's the best case scenario, but it's, if you're one of those companies, if you're Fox, you have no streaming option because yeah. 2B is the only service. It's not paid. You're not going to put football on there. If you're Warner Brothers Discovery, they haven't really figured out how to y- put you're sports. You're
1: slandering Fox Nation, but I'm going to let that slide. Sorry. we can. I'm sure football would kill with the Fox <laughs> Nation 4 million users or whatever yeah. it is.
2: Um, Warner Brothers Discovery hasn't figured out really how to put sports in Max And Disney, Disney is the, the one head scratcher to me because they have a streaming service. They have plans to launch a bigger, better streaming service next year. And so this is almost just like a you know, a
1: brief stopgap to figuring that out. It's a press release, too. I mean, there is a contingent out there that thinks this is just smoke and mirrors to juice the earnings calls for Disney and Fox, may not even launch. They may have regulatory problems. They may not agree on what the product is going to be or how much it should cost. And then they'll deal with that problem six months from now. I have a hard time believing that you put out that announcement to
2: not create the product.
1: In, unless they, they run into some intentions. real...
2: Unless you run into real problems negotiating with the leagues and the, and the pay TV companies.
1: Or they sue you.
2: Yeah, or the federal government gets involved for antitrust yeah. reasons. But that would be a bigger issue if, like, the NBA talk, the talk for the next NBA deal are happening right now. If suddenly Disney and Turner and sort of Fox, I guess, bid jointly for that service, then you have an antitrust issue. But considering that the service is really just piping in channels that they already have.
1: uh, Well, we we talked about this with Rich Greenfield. Like, yes, it's services they already have, but services that have not been bundled for their other partners. Yeah. Um,
2: I don't know. You you pay for cable. Yeah. You pay for cable, presumably for sports, I think, and news Uh, a little bit. Yeah, sports and And news. And maybe the the voice or The Bachelor. um, Yeah. Matt, big fan of The Voice. Huge fan. Um, would you consider swapping for this? No. Because I want everything. And I'm willing to pay for it. That's the part... I mean, I get that there's some cost-sensitive customers, but if you're a sports fan... Like in entertainment, Netflix could substitute for the cable bundle because while it didn't have everything you could find in the cable bundle, although it's getting close, it was enough, right? And then you had other services come along and do the same thing. In sports, if you're really a sports fan... You, I don't think you're going to be okay with just getting two of the five NFL packages or NBA national games, but not your local team, yeah.
1: or there's just a lot missing. There's a lot missing, and it wouldn't necessarily be a problem if this weren't the core value proposition. This is going to be marketed as the all-in sports app or sports everything or whatever but it doesn't have everything. And that's going to be the, you know, a consumer is going to look at this and say like, oh, okay, that's the sports thing. But it's not the sports thing because I don't get the CBS games and I don't get, you know, Sunday Night Football. Yeah, we haven't talked about probably the the biggest
2: red flag with this though. The RSNs? No, what, can you name a big corporate media joint venture? Hulu. Let me finish the question. (laughs) that went well or that that didn't end in real pain and problem for the people that started it i mean
1: you could go back to what what happened in film for a long time where there are joint ventures on international distribution that seemed to work out pretty well because they pooled their ability to distribute overseas not really
2: um, a consumer facing. not a consumer
1: facing thing but it did work um and there are you know various partnerships on i mean sony's deal with disney on the spider-man franchise seems to be working um but that's, that's what, not a joint venture though. that's that you know, it is i mean they, they're handing over production on spider-man to disney because they ran the franchise into the ground i don't know but yeah. your point is well taken. I, I look hulu is successful it just i i forget what, it, what
2: the rules are about swearing this podcast but it's been a clusterfuck since they you can won. swear on this podcast um I mean, the the fighting between the different executives on the board, figuring out a program. I mean, Disney now, 15 years later, is still paying for the fact that it was a joint
1: venture with this negotiation with Comcast. Yeah. Um, But at the time, what was their option? You know, they wanted to have a Netflix killer in 2010. And this was the thing that they settled on. Look, that's the thing. It's a great idea, right? you need to come up with a solution
2: to this problem. We have a lot of resources. Why don't we join forces? And if yeah. you could all row in the same boat consistently, and if there's a great relationship between the respective leaders of those companies, in theory, it should work. But then you look across the table and it's like, okay, Bob Iger, he's probably not going to be there in three or four years. You don't know what's going to happen with Lachlan Murdoch whenever Rupert dies. You don't know what's going to happen with David Zaslav with all the deal-making. Like The key principles
1: in that could all change hence the value of the press release now um but all right let's move on so i think the other big story this week um not really a huge deal and not not necessarily a huge surprise is the announcement of amazon getting a playoff game for next season in nfl following of course the the peacock game that got 23 million viewers uh is this just the new normal every season there's going to be a streaming only game or is this going to be incremental First two years, one, then two. I mean, we saw Roger Goodell said that the Super Bowl will not be exclusive to streaming in the the future when he's... I mean, that would be insane. As long as he's commissioner. It would be insane, but... uh, Unless... What about a big, what about a, you know, championship game? What about, you know, two, what about all wildcard weekend? Look, this gets into what we're talking about
2: with the transition of sports from linear to streaming. It feels inevitable that there will be... Well, one, you can already stream playoff games. Yeah, you no, but watch, not exclusively. You can watch, you can stream the Super Bowl tomorrow on Paramount Plus if you want. Uh, or I shouldn't have said tomorrow. You can stream the Super Bowl on yes. Paramount Plus if you want. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you'll see more games on streaming. You will see more games exclusive to streaming because Peacock kind of worked, I'm sure. So more that, than one playoff game, you think? Yeah, depending on how the rights holders want to divvy it up. So if you're Disney and you're launching flagship and you also have this joint venture to be to be named do you want to try to figure out how to put one of those games exclusive like if i were disney and i were launching their their new version of espn plus i would want to try to get an exclusive playoff game for it yeah. and if i'm the nfl and you now see that those folks can deliver audiences why not now the time frame I don't know, they're locked into long-term deals with broadcast networks. The broadcast networks can still deliver audiences, but streaming is getting to the point where it can deliver comparable audiences.
1: It does take a a, a withdrawal from the NFL's kind of fan bank. They get pissed. People get pissed. when When the game is not where you expect it to be, you see the anger, and I think once a year, you can deal with that blowback to satisfy your partners. They start doing it more than that, uh, people, people acclimate. You know, I'm sure folks were frustrated when Thursday
2: Night Football moved to Amazon and the viewership year one wasn't great. Yeah. And event, year two, they,
1: the audience got bigger. Do you think the WWE audience is going to grow or shrink on Netflix? Grow. Grow. I think I, the I, audience of basically anything you put on
2: Netflix will grow.
1: Even if, it's, even if that audience is used to seeing it on Linear and has to find it? I mean, there is friction in any new platform. When you, even when they put Monday Night Football on ESPN, the ratings dropped from ABC, and that's still in the cable bundle. It's just there was a certain percentage of people who didn't have cable, and there was a certain percentage of people who just couldn't find it and weren't flipping around and didn't see it when it was moved. WWE
2: fans are pretty loyal, so I've, I tend to think they'll follow the programming wherever it is. And the other part of this is just the global opportunity. Maybe the audience will go down a little bit in the US because of the kind of the friction that you're talking about. But Netflix has so many customers abroad that will be able to, for whom it will be easier to watch the WWE than ever before. And I think, you know, talking about big matches and big sporting events going to streaming, one of the the questions is obviously, when does Netflix decide to make a big play there? Because you know that if they wanted with a big sporting event and they just put it at the top of the app, you could deliver a huge audience out of the gate, especially yep. if you care about. Like, I think basketball is a better fit for the given the global nature of that game than say football. Football is very much an American product.
1: Uh, I still think they're going to make a run at the in season tournament for NBA. They won't go all in on trying to get a huge package, but something discreet like that that they could pump as being like a three week event only on Netflix, the in season tournament. It'd be an interesting test. You see in the WWE, they are more interested in something that
2: is consistent and also cost-controlled. But they have done one-off events. They've got a a tennis match that's going to be in Vegas in a month. Um, And so if they felt like the in-season tournament were a good test for that, then maybe. But they've been... I don't know. They push back on it when I've asked about that. I think it's changed a little bit because the people who run the top two, three executives at Netflix do not care about sports but the head of programming does. And so I think she can use that to her advantage.
1: Hmm. Uh, all right, we're here for the Super Bowl. I'm looking at the numbers this year for the NFL. Regular season was up 7% in the TV ratings. Playoffs were up 9%. A lot of that is counting the out-of-home viewing, but a lot of that isn't. And as everything else is declining, football keeps going up. Um, we're looking at you know this, this Super Bowl likely gonna have a record viewership. Uh, The Taylor Swift factor is bringing in women. Um, You know, we're in Vegas for the first time. I think the numbers on the people who are traveling to the game just for this week uh, are going to be bigger than other cities. Do you think this year is peak Super Bowl? Never going to match it?
2: No. Really? I'm sure it'll be the, the most watched Super Bowl ever. So in that sense, yes. And the crazy stat is, from last year's Super Bowl, I believe was watched by like 15 or 16 million more people than the year before it. I mean, that's insane growth. You won't be able to see as big a jump this time. I do think, but it,
1: but they're counting last year's. Yeah, the no, first they're factoring it they a lot uh, out
2: of home. It's yes. it's helping. Um, I think it'll be the most watched ever. There'll be a lot of attention because of Taylor. But last I checked, the population in this country is going to continue to go
1: up, and football is only getting more popular. So I just don't I don't know that it'll ever. By the way, why don't they have the Super Bowl in Vegas every year? Like, I, I'm not just pandering. Like, it seems like the, the perfect place for it. It has all the venues, all the hotels. Everything's close. Like, it just seems, I know people love New Orleans. And, but, like, why is the Super Bowl in, like, Indianapolis? Because you want to reward different I know, I know why they do it. But this could be, like, the place. They should do it here every year. That's my take. Sounds like a nightmare. But, <laughs> um,
2: you, so you think that this year's Super Bowl will be the most watched Super Bowl ever? 20 yeah, years from on now. Lydia,
1: for sure. But I just feel like this cannot keep going up when the number of subscribers keeps going down. Like, there will be an inflection point. Now, maybe those people will go over to Paramount Plus or whatever streamer is, is airing it that year. But I don't know how much room for growth there is at the Super Bowl. We we
2: do seem to—I've been amazed by the, the recovery in, in football. You look back, like— Five years ago, seven years ago, I forget what it was, and there were just one controversy after another. The ratings sagged a little bit. It seemed like football was in trouble, mm-hmm. and now it's it's stronger than ever. Um, you know, it's. I don't think it surrenders that throne. It's just so much bigger than every other sport in this country. Like the, the numbers for regular season football are bigger than the World Series, bigger than the NBA Finals, bigger than any, uh, bigger than basically every live sporting event. But like the Oscars and. Uh, maybe the Grammys hmm.
1: Yeah uh, Alright, speaking of the Oscars That's a good transition I gave you point. A, a really good segue there. Yes, you did Alright, I want to bring out our special guest Who happens to be hosting the Oscars this year Is a big sports fan as well And uh, is from Las Vegas So, Jimmy Kimmel, everybody Thank you, thank
0: you, thank you, thank you. Have a seat Oh, thank you Wow, The env- the atmosphere here is electric
1: It is, really I'm sure you always wanted to play a Mexican restaurant. This reminds me of like an
0: Engelbert Humperdinck show in the <laughs> in the early '80s, when the women were throwing their underwear on stage. There's really a lot of villainy fever going yeah, on. There here. really, there really is. I know. I can't keep them away. <laughs> I also love the idea that. You guys came to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas to spend 45 minutes listening uh, to uh, Cable Bundle Talk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, they could just listen to on Monday. Yes. On-
1: you could. Yeah. It is the sexiest Cable Bundle Talk there is in town, though. Yeah, for sure.
0: No yeah. doubt about that. Well, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's I guess, good to be here. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, what's your sports TV media diet like these days? Um... Well, I don't know. I ate the Minnesota Vikings last night. <laughs> uh, I, my, my diet is limited because I have two little kids who don't understand that yeah. the TV is mine. Right. And so they want to watch uh, what they like to watch. But, you know, I, I sneak some stuff in. I wa- I'll watch Lakers games. When they go to bed, I'll try to watch stuff. And I try to watch football. It's a weird thing. My kids, who are nine and six years old, my little ones, love commercials. Okay, And it's this funny thing because you went through your whole childhood like, oh, man, wow, if only you could skip the commercials. And now they love commercials. My six-year-old even said, I love commercials because they teach me about new things I didn't know about.
1: Yeah, like products to buy and breakfast cereals to eat.
0: Yeah, it's weird, <laughs> right? It like <laughs> depriving them-, them of the commercials because they watch, you know, the streaming yeah. stuff all the time. We've actually made them eager to see commercials. Do you, do you let them watch youtube tiktok anything like that do they get exposure to
2: commercials that way or it's all tv
0: well um we don't they are not on tiktok but yes they do watch youtube and they love youtube regular or anything.
1: youtube kids because
0: well big it started vibe. with youtube kids and yeah and they quickly um i wouldn't say graduated but they just kind of forced themselves into youtube you know they watch kids playing video games all the time or or really not kids 40-year-olds who dyed their hair to make it appear like they're teenagers playing video games. And a lot of them have British accents for some reason. Yeah, they're from uh, unspecified countries, a lot of them, yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, Like, okay, so you're hearing us talk about these cable bundles and stuff. How would you solve this streaming dilemma? You work for one of these companies, Walt Disney Company. I mean, they're in a tough spot on how to figure out the transition over to streaming, and make up for all this revenue they're losing from the cable bundle.
0: Matt, do you think I know anything about this stuff? I, I mean, do you I think wonder. I have a solution? You
1: must have thoughts to the cable bundle scenario. You do not. I don't no.
0: even know what to. I just. You know what I do? I just have everything. <laughs> I have DirecTV. I have YouTube TV. I have all the. I'm sure I'm paying three different times yes. for peacock or whatever. You are what's
1: known as the ideal customer. You are not price sensitive and you do not look at anything. uh, You don't look at your bill ever.
0: I tried to figure it out and I failed. I just couldn't figure it out. But you have had to think
2: about it in the context of your show, no? Just in terms of how people are watching,
0: whether it's... Well, I know they're watching on YouTube and we make almost no money from that. So I do know how they're watching, (laughs) but...
1: Well, but that means you're familiar with the dilemma of the linear audience not being there and the digital audience being there, but not being monetized.
0: Uh, Yeah. I'm familiar with it. It doesn't keep me up at night because really when you're telling jokes, all you want is for people to see them and you don't care that much about how they're seeing them or where they're seeing them. I guess it's like, maybe I'd make more money if they were all watching ABC when, when the show aired, but you know, we created this monster ourselves. We let them start putting... We we put our own channel on YouTube and we God, we cannibalized ourselves.
1: Yeah. It's tough, though. They're going to circulate anyways. And you can whack them all or you can join the party.
0: That's right. That's right. And there's no way to back out of it. It's too
1: late. Yeah. We're in it now. I mean, it gets to the whole landscape of late night, though. Do you Do you think, for instance, that when the day comes and you decide to hang it up... Do you think they will replace you, or do you think that that time slot will no longer be a late night television show as we know it? Oh no, I think the I I think I expect that they would
0: put another show. I mean, these shows are profitable. People don't I don't they don't seem to get that,
1: but less profitable than they were though.
0: Yeah, less profitable than they were. Maybe I don't know. You know, if you look at it, um, in when we started, we had. I don't know, what on TV our ratings were maybe like two or three times what they are now on television. Um, somehow the finances seem to be about the same. So that leads me to believe that they were making a huge <laughs> amount of money on these shows in yeah. the early 2000s, and the 90s, et cetera. And maybe we're kind of ripping the host off a little bit because because they do, they are, I mean, I don't think we'd be on if we weren't making money.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, they could do what they did at CBS, which is replace Corden with a much less expensive show.
0: Yeah, they could do that. I'm sure that. I mean, I'm sure the next show won't be more expensive, but um, <laughs> I'm not too worried about it. Yeah.
1: Uh, let's talk about the Oscars a little bit. Um, that I'm worried about. Are you?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I would not say I'm worried, but I'm always thinking about it. What does that mean? Are you thinking jokes? Are you thinking what could go wrong? Are you thinking? No, I'm trying to think about yeah, what I'm going to do, and I'm you know who's going to do it with me. Right. That's one of the hardest things is getting people to go along with your ideas. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it gets to this question that I've written about, which is the Oscars have this weird place in town and in the culture now, where it still gets a pretty big audience. You know, it's the highest rated entertainment program. Um, that isn't the NFL when you look at the annual list but it's got this weird feeling like a lot of stars don't want to go you made a joke at the show last year about how Tom Cruise and Jim Cameron didn't show up to the actual show where they were nominated as producers how does the academy fix this where people want to go to the oscars who don't who aren't necessarily nominated in the big categories
0: well i think when you think about how many stars were there and you say okay two high profile people didn't go true uh
1: that's not eg- exactly an epic but i've heard it from stars they don't want to present they all get asked to present and they don't want to present because of the hoopla and you got to do the red carpet oh and you get i will destroyed. tell you from
0: the inside that we have far more stars reaching out asking <laughs> to present than we right. have spots to present so that may be true I'm i think just, they I'm, may be playing a little cool with you when they say they don't want to go to the oscars they I'm don't want a the certain oscars. caliber of of star me too yeah yes.
2: what is what what is the best you were talking about this earlier what is the best bit that you wanted to do that people wouldn't play along with that you couldn't go forward with
0: what this year or just in general? In general. Um okay, this is maybe not the best bit. Maybe it would have bombed, I know. I I don't know. But there was there's an actor, he's a great actor named uh Michael Stuhlbarger. Sure. Right? Yeah. Stuhlbarger? Stuhlbarg. Stuhlbarg, okay, yeah. See, now that was the whole thing. It's like, this is a guy we all know is a great actor, but uh, even I, after pitching him this comedy bit, cannot remember what his last name is. So it involved getting the whole audience to sing Michael Stuhlbarg. It was like a uh, some a way to remind people of who he is and what and how to say his name. And, and you wouldn't and, go along? Yeah, no, he had no interest in it whatsoever.
1: <laughs> it could have been your, uh, your Uma Oprah moment. Like yes, Letterman. it could have been. <laughs> uh how what's the preparation like for for the oscars and is it a um you know when do you move into the building like when do you like say okay we're here until we finish what the monologue is going to be is it
0: we start real uh, once it is announced Mm -hmm. that's when we start because if we start before that too many people will know and and word will get out as far as who the host is so we start as soon as it's announced and uh use the writers on my show so we've been working on it in our spare time and like every friday we'll have a meeting and we'll run through jokes and figure out what we're going to do and who's a part of the show and who isn't a part of show so it is it's a you know it's a long there's a lot to figure out it's a a lot of work goes into it
1: yeah we saw the hosting thing is so hard because we saw at the golden globes that comedian joe coy got Destroyed for what I thought were pretty innocuous jokes about some of the people in the room. Um, you managed to walk that line. How does a, a host of an award show walk the line between the jokes at the expense of someone in the room, you know, serving the audience at home and making the people in the room feel comfortable?
0: Well, I think a big part, and I think one of the the hurdles that Joe Coy had to clear is that most of the people in the room didn't know him. Mm -hmm. They didn't know who he was, and it's a big difference. Like if your friend comes up to you and says, nice haircut, dick. You're, uh, you'll laugh, you know, but if a stranger comes up and says the same thing, you might not. So I think that he was handicapped by that just to start yeah. with. Or and you could
1: be Ricky Gervais and just not care.
0: Yeah, or you could be Ricky Gervais, but in that case, Ricky's really digging in and really ripping through everybody, which is not what Joe Coy was doing necessarily. Right. And I think I felt bad for him. I mean, that's you know, he's a very funny guy, and um, it, it, that the fact that it, it went like that really was was a shame. And uh, I hope that's not what most people's impression of him and and what he does is but for me it's really just a it's just a feel thing and sometimes you're wrong you know well i mean there have been many times where i thought oh this will be fine and then it's not or i think sometimes i've thought oh this one is i'm not sure how this is going to go and then there's no fall out from it whatsoever. Right. So um, I, I wish I knew for sure, but you never really do know for sure. And sometimes there are little things you didn't know about that push people's buttons, like like G.I. Jane, for instance.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. Have you ever had someone reach out after the fact and be like, not cool, man?
0: Um, yes, I have. I have. And usually
1: they're right. <laughs> you don't want to share?
0: <laughs> no, I'd rather not. I think it will be another... <laughs> It would be another, another indignity, uh yeah. for the, those people. But um, it does happen from time to time, yeah. especially on the regular show when you're just yammering for an hour right. and you say things that you wish you hadn't. Right.
1: Speaking, ha- of, speaking of after the fact, did, did anyone at Disney reach out and apologize to you after the whole Aaron Rodgers thing?
0: Yes, everyone did.
1: They, I mean, but people in power? Yeah. They were like, yeah, I mean, it was a fuck up.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, you know, it, 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 I think it's, I don't think it, it takes an attorney to figure out what happened there i right. mean uh, there's definitely been some backtracking and stuff Oh, some he tap says he was dancing. joking yeah now he no now it was it was taken out of context that's oh, his okay. newest um, okay uh attempt to uh, rephrase this situation but um it wasn't taken out of context. All the context is right there.
1: I was going to say, it's a. it was a live show. It wasn't like it was aggregated in a certain way. We all watched it.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you know, even if you did only watch the clip where it happened, all the context is there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so is, is that over? Do you see that? I mean, are you going to push it or...
0: No, I mean, listen, I, there's only so much – I never really – there's only so much you can control. Yeah. I mean, this guy Pat if he's got a TV show. Somebody comes on and says something nutty. What's he going to do about it, really? I mean, people say you you can't control everything. Well, but you can't – you can and- – Control whether you invite the guy back. Well, yeah, you can control whether you invite the guy back, but you know, for me, I just you know, I would never want to say don't ever invite, don't have him on the show. Um, you know, I don't want anybody telling me how to do my show, and uh, I would
1: never do that to anyone either. Yeah. So it's so then it's an ESPN problem making sure that stuff like that doesn't get on the air.
0: Well, I, yeah, but if the show's live, I don't know how you you make yeah. sure that 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 hap- that doesn't mm-hmm. happen. And uh if hey, was- he's live on. ESPN for that amount of time, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, but uh, how many issues have there really been?
1: Yeah, I guess you know. Yeah. And Rogers sort of made his show. Yeah, I know. That's uh, the other factor here is that people knew Pat McAfee as the guy who had Aaron Rodgers on every week.
0: Yeah, but I don't think that. I don't think that's. I mean, he was on what once a week or something like that. Yeah, you know. I mean, sure. he's still doing. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't chalk it up. Yeah, entirely. that's not
1: the whole reason he's successful. Yeah,
0: people like him. Right.
2: How soon after you host the Oscars do they talk start talking to you about the next year?
0: Well, the you know they don't usually. The only time that happened was after um, the first time I hosted, when there was the uh, envelope mix up. Right after the show, uh, Don Hudson asked me if I would host the show the next year, and I think they I think they felt bad because. It was a great
1: show. I it was had there. Gone for that one. Really well. That was show. an
0: awesome show until that happened. And the only thing anybody remembered about it was the envelope situation. Yeah. And even for like. Almost a week. A lot of people
1: thought I did. I screwed that up. Like I had anything to do. No, with No, you saved it. If well, you had not come up and done the, oh, Warren, what did you do? Joke. It would have been bedlam.
0: Well, it was bedlam. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if I saved it as much as somebody needed you, to it was walk you up You and there. the direct and the guy who held up, Gary Natoli, the uh, stage manager. Yes. And that was what happened. It was. I was in the audience actually, sitting next to Matt Damon. I was gonna. We were gonna do one more little bit to wrap up the show, and. We're just looking at the stage, and uh, for some reason, the stage manager, Gary, is up there, and I thought, well, he's not supposed to... He's not... He's for sure not hosting the show. Right.
1: No, well, it was that producer, Jordan Horowitz, he held up the actual... Envelope, did, yes. And the Gary. director zoomed in on it so you yeah. could actually see it. If that had not happened, there would still to this day be conspiracy theories out there about what actually went down.
0: Yeah, but it was pretty simple what <laughs> went down. People were not paying attention.
1: <laughs> um, all right. So we'll wrap up in a second. But you, so you're a Vegas guy. I got to ask you about the Vegas sports universe. It's yeah. Blowing it's exciting. up. Are you going to are you going to adopt the A's? Are you no. excited about the A's? Is no. anyone excited about the A's?
0: Well, I'm excited about Vegas getting, I think it would be fun. I think it'd be great. I'm a nationally guy myself, um, but it would be great to have the A's here. When I grew up here, really, when it came to sports, as far as like team sports go, it was the running rebels, the UNLV, you know, Jerry Tarkanian. And that was our (laughs) team. And that's a team that we loved above all. And still, I think love of above all those guys. But Um, The Golden Knights were. It's funny because I actually did get offered to be part of the ownership. I was going to
1: ask why you haven't done that yet. In
0: the Golden Knights. And I said, I don't know about hockey in Las Vegas. Uh, Thanks, but I'm going to pass on this. Oh, wow. And they went right to the fucking Stanley Cup (laughs) finals.
1: (laughs) Um, what about NBA do you think that LeBron will front the team here
0: I don't know I think I think Vegas will love an NBA team you know Kareem broke the all-time NBA scoring record in Las Vegas what? the Utah Jazz were playing half of their home games here in Vegas huh. um, in the in the 80s in, and, the,
1: in the UNLV stadium?
0: yeah at the Thomas and Mac and um, and that's in Kareem well, the Lakers were playing the jazz. And uh, we've always, you know, basketball is a big thing in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Always has been and always will be. And it's great to see. There was always the silly notion that uh, somehow um, gambling would infect the professional sports leagues. And the reality
1: is, is it could. It doesn't matter if people are. Well, nowadays especially. Like there's yeah. bigger gamblers on their phones in Alabama than here.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, I think it's going to be great. I think it's, it's a lot of fun.
1: Would you ever be in an ownership group for NBA?
0: Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I I don't know. It's weird. Like my allegiances, like I always, I've been a LA Kings fan since I moved to Los Angeles and like, I've been a Lakers fan. It would be hard for me to even imagine rooting for another team. Well, what if they were fronted by a former Laker?
1: Um, no, that wouldn't necessarily make any difference to me. (laughs) Magic Johnson's got to be involved. So you can actually magic was involved. I would think about (laughs) it. Yes. Uh,
0: Lucas hasn't said anything really. You, You, I mean, I feel I'm starting to feel iced out by you. Over you're there. starting to
2: feel iced out by me. Have you
0: met this guy? You got yeah. to get a word in with I him. No, you're.
2: You know the way you guys are.
0: Str- just can I give you a programming note yeah, here?
1: Please don't cross your arms when you're talking to
0: someone. No, it's like you have to let Lucas into the conversation. Your back <laughs> is to him. It's like <laughs> how's he know. supposed to? There were like six times where Lucas went, ah. and you just went right ahead with your. I questions. thought
2: about whether I should just like pet his leg. <laughs> yeah. It's a podcast. A Nobody looks at us.
0: When you have to pet your co-host, that's a bad sign. <laughs>
2: I did have an Oscar question that I wanted to ask when you were talking before. Do you, when, like well, two part. One, do you think this is your last one? And if it is, or either way, who do you think they should have host next?
0: Uh, do I think this is my last one? Yeah, I always think it's my last one. I always think it's my last everything. And in fact, I even will have a conversation with myself sometimes. I go, well... This is the last one. This is the last time you'll ever be asked to do anything. So go out there and make it memorable. <laughs> and then I laugh at myself years later, and they go like, oh, would you host the show again? I never expected to be asked to host the show again, and I would have been perfectly happy with that. So uh, I've stopped predicting what I'm going to think because I, I, I've i learned that I don't really know. What was the other question? Who should do it if you don't? Oh, who should do Oh, there's a lot of – you know – I think there's this idea that um, everybody wants to do it.
1: That I don't, Who has that idea? <laughs> not a lot. It's, it's because un, it takes someone like you who can step into it and does something similar, and like everybody already likes. So you're not going to get the vitriol that comes after stars when they do it, you know, or people that aren't. You're not expecting to see in that role, and most people who are big enough where the Academy would want them don't need it yeah don't need the promotional platform
0: or don't want to go through the nonsense that you you have yeah. to go through um I you know I um I know that there are a lot of people who I think would be great at it I think somebody who might actually do it who I think would be great at it is John Mulaney. Mulaney's great I I yeah. have said that and
1: that's I think he did the governor's Award, yeah I think as a trial run yeah yeah I think I think um oh I don't know if that's why he did it not but- not as a trial but I think that the reaction I heard from people who were there, yeah. that this guy would be a great host. Yeah, I think he would be, yeah. So. yeah. All right, uh, I think that's it. I want to thank our guest, Jimmy Kimmel, and I want to thank everybody thank else here for coming out. Thanks to Craig Horlbeck for producing, as always. He's standing in the back. Yeah, Craig
0: really, he came and got me in the casino. He really <laughs>
1: produced the hell out of this. You walked over here, did you not? There. Yeah, I did, yeah. Do, what, do, when people see you on the street in Vegas, are you like a hometown hero?
0: Um, well, yeah, I mean, people cheer if that's what they you're do? asking. <laughs> yeah. Nobody is from here. So all the people I meet are from other places. No, you know? but I mean like the people who are working at. Yeah, you know, I get stopped. You know, I get stopped. Uh, you know, you got to keep walking with purpose. I but was going
2: to say more generally, what is your, can you
0: live a normal life? <laughs> what a, well, do you have an hour here? Because we can. <laughs> can I live a normal life? Can you go to the supermarket. Uh, let's just yeah. say I'm not Jennifer Lopez. Uh, yeah. I can. Yes, I go to Costco. Often there is a weird thing that happens at Costco where um, people do have a glimmer of recognition, but also can't imagine that why I would be at the Costco in Burbank mm-hmm. on like a Saturday at four o'clock in the afternoon. And weirdly, their usual reaction is thinking I work there. <laughs> And I also know where everything is there, so I can usually help them.
1: You do look like a kind of like a Costco stocking guy. like yeah. you're wearing a hat or something. Yeah. If I wasn't doing this, that's probably where I'd be. <laughs> Same thing happens to Lucas at Dintai Fun in Century City. Is that
0: right? Yeah. People want help with their dumplings. Yeah. yeah. I well,
2: I also walk with purpose. Yeah. So people
1: just assume I know where. The everything fact is.
0: also that I'm driving the forklift at Costco is also is probably
1: also another a perk of celebrity. You just <laughs> when you get in there, you just say, "I want the forklift." You get right on it. You in get unlimited you samples. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you to Jimmy. Thanks thank everyone. You, thank you.